0: Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN, 7 o'clock tonight at Enterprise Center. The Blues will host the Canucks, and the man on the call, of course, will be Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, right here for 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. He joins us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. What's up, Kerbs? Anthony, how are you today? We're doing really good. So we have not had an opportunity since the Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari trade to get your thoughts because we talked to you last Thursday. Deal went down on Friday night. So, Curbs, I know you've told other people your your thoughts on things, but now that you've gotten to look back a a full week now and reflect on the Ryan O'Reilly and Achari deal, what's your main takeaway?
1: Um, Well, I I think that it has definitely impacted this team on a far greater level than the Vladimir Tarasenko trade has. And and I think, you know, now that we've seen a handful of games, we saw a handful of games. You know, before Ryan got traded, after Vladdy got traded, then we saw a handful here. And, and I think the other thing that we're really seeing now, and, and you hope that other guys on, on the team in, in their growth process start to appreciate this, but right now where the Blues are at and without a ton of depth, and it's going to help a little bit getting Butch back now and Brandon Saad today, but it's really going to be impossible for Kyru and Thomas to hide. You know, when this Blues team, even earlier this year, when the the results were up and down, when when this Blues team would uh, would play, Craig Marubi could work some matchups where you could even get Thomas and Cairo out against maybe a third defensive pair or maybe a third line for another team. That's not happening anymore. They're They're going up against the other team's top checking line. They're going up against the other team's top offensive line. They're going up against the other team's top defensive pair, every single shift of every single game. And I think they're going to start to realize just how good Ryan O'Reilly and those other guys had to be, not just to keep those lines off the board, but also find a way to produce at the same time. And it's a really important learning curve uh, for for those guys. I think getting those kind of matchups over these final 25 games is going to show them just how much of an offseason they're going to have to put in to be ready for that responsibility for twenty for 82 games. And, and I think we're starting to see just the difference in those matchups that maybe they're not quite ready for some of those matchups yet. And that part, again, that's okay because they're going to have to get the experience in, in one way, shape, or form.
2: Yeah, I agree, Curbs. And uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot that uh, Thomas and Kyrie are going to have to learn and figure out from here to the end of the season and certainly heading into the offseason. But another guy that uh, a lot of – I guess a lot of buzz around Ivan Barbashev. I think it's, I don't want to say it's a foregone conclusion, but I would imagine that Army will at some point move Barbie. Uh, Are you surprised at all uh, that Barbie's still in the lineup and that Doug hasn't, you know, tried to keep him safe based on the fact that you know, at one point Tarasenko and O'Reilly were hurt and now Tori Krug's injured. The injury bug has kind of moved its way around the roster a little bit. It's a real
1: interesting debate going on in in sports right now when you look at NBA players that are sitting because of the workload, right? Or, or NHL teams now s- scratching players, and, and I understand it. I don't know if it's something where eventually the NHLPA steps in or, or whatever happens, uh, but Craig Barubi was asked that question about Ivan Barbashev today, and he said the discussion has not happened once uh, on whether or not to scratch him. He's playing. It's exactly, and you could imagine Craig in his voice saying exactly that, right? So, um, I, to me, Yes and no. I mean, you you still got to play the games. You still got to give, you know, your team the chance. These players are going out to compete. I I promise you these players aren't going out to lose games. You know, the coaching staff isn't prepping to lose games. They're they're going out to compete, and they're going out to try to win. And uh, honestly, I I really kind of believe that if you're going to keep Vladimir or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Ivan Barbish's value high enough, where you're going to move him, I think you got to keep playing him. I think there's enough teams that are interested in him you know, and that's going to go. And so I, I, am not all that surprised that uh, it's taken longer to potentially move him than the other two guys. And that's because while you may not get as high a draft pick, like a first round, although you could, that there, the role that he could play with teams is so all encompassing from penalty killing to power play to fourth line, to first line, you know, that uh, it's an intriguing one. And, and, you know, I keep hearing that there are several teams interested and, you know, maybe even a potential bidding war for him as we get down to the wire. So it's, I think that Doug Armstrong maximized the moment he got a deal he was comfortable with with those other two guys. And I think this Barbashev one is a deal that you can probably pit some other teams against because the cap hit was less and, uh, and more teams might be looking for those support roles.
0: Curbs, would you be surprised if anyone outside of Barbashev gets dealt as well?
1: No no i would not uh, uh actually and and i think at this point you also have to go beyond march 3rd and say maybe towards the the draft in june but no i wouldn't because if you know if if there's an opportunity to adjust the roster to change your cap situation you know i and i haven't i haven't talked to to, to the ownership group or, or tom or anything like that but you know i just generally speaking i don't know how you know, how many teams in the NHL would say, hey, listen, we're going to go and do a bit of a retool and stay a cap team. But that's where kind of the Blues are kind of at. So, uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised. If there was an opportunity to move a couple other guys and, and there's a hockey trade to be made, Doug Armstrong has proven clearly that he'll make it.
2: Curbs, uh, shifting gears a little bit here, uh, you get a couple of guys back tonight in, in Booch and, and Saad, but you also got Marcos Scandella back the other night, and you know that was his first game, and, and you know you were on the call. In your opinion, what did you see from Marcos Scandella? Yeah, you know what? You actually,
1: I, you were pretty pleased to see some of the physicality that he brought. You just weren't sure. And look, a, a player misses all that time over 300 days you know, due to hip surgery, and you know from the time he played his last game that I go into a game like that really with very little expectations. The only expectation I have when I see something like that is, does the guy get through it healthy? And how does he feel the next day when you talk to him or two days later? And and I think it all went very well. So it looked good to have him back out there. It looked good to have some of that decisiveness, a little bit more of that battle. And I think you've got to be pretty happy with game one for him.
2: Sticking uh, with the defense and talking about you know battle and physicality, Tyler Tucker, looks like he's working his way back into the lineup tonight. He'll be paired up with Robert Bortuzzo. I, I look at that, one, I love the way Tyler Tucker plays. I think his anticipation in closing out plays is fantastic. And certainly his willingness to stand up for his teammates is great too. But I, I think it's kind of exciting, to, to be honest, to see Tucker play with Robert Bortuzzo. I think they could be a good match together.
1: Jamie, this one's an interesting one because he's played, what, 17, 18 games, I think now. Uh, His three fights actually leads the team in fights. He's got more fighting majors right now than anybody else on this team. But the game before he was scratched, you know, he went after a guy because of a hit on a teammate. And, And that's something that we haven't seen from pretty much just, well, we saw it with Jake Neighbors once. But on a regular basis, you haven't seen that except from Braden Shen and from Robert Bortuzzo. And I can tell you, those two guys are kind of like at some point, geez, you know, there's some young guys that want to actually willing to step up and do this. He's got that part of his game, and it's going to be a good part of his game. From that standpoint, I was a little surprised to see him scratched in the last game because I like the message it's sent saying, no, he did that. We're putting him back in. But you had a healthy crew. You had a healthy veteran crew. And, uh, and they decided to dress the seven defensemen in that scenario just to make sure Scandalo was okay. But, but Tucker has done just about everything right. And it doesn't hurt for a young guy to sit up in the press box every now and then and, and watch as well. So he'll go back in because now of the injury to Corey Krug. But uh, I agree. Look, the, Al McKinnis told me when I asked about Tucker uh, you know, a number of weeks ago, you know, it's just a matter of, as, as, as you know better than anybody, get the young defenseman in there and learn. He goes, it's going to take him a little while. He goes, but with his size, his willingness to fight, he's going to find after one trip around the league, he's going to go, you know what, there's not really anybody out here that scared me. And then the next trip around, with that confidence, and they start to see his physicality and his willingness to fight. Next thing you know, some people aren't going to want to come up against him quite as much. The third trip around the league, he said, you're going to really see a difference in a hockey player. And that, when you get that kind of a description from Al McKenna, it just teaches you to say, okay, be patient, watch it, enjoy the ride.
2: Curbs tonight, you got the Vancouver Canucks in town. That's a team that, uh, quite honestly, they're kind of in, in, in the same situation as the Blues, and they're, they're not as good uh, overall as the Blues have been this season. You know, for people who are going down there tonight to see the game, what can they expect when they see the Vancouver Canucks play tonight?
1: Well, you're going to expect to see a team that's that's going to work hard, that's got to prove themselves to their new coach and Rick Tockett. Um and and so Craig Berube said there's some a little bit of different defensive scheming that they're doing under Tocket that they did under Bruce Boudreau, you know. But you still have to deal with Elias Patterson, which you know is a heck of a hockey player there, and there is some skill. I look at this game as an interesting one because these are two teams that one could leapfrog over the other, you know, and and you know one could end up with a, a higher draft pick than the other one based on tonight's game, even. So. Uh, from the blue standpoint, Jamie, I think you just want to see more compete. And I'm not sure, like, I just think you're going to still see some tentativeness and some distractedness until this trade deadline hits, because like we were just talking about, you know, there might be a couple of players on this team that feel safe, but not many of them. I mean, and when it goes like this, I, I think teams finally breathe, a, every team in the league breathes a little bit easier, you know, that first game after that trade deadline. And right now that's a cloud that's hanging over this team
0: Kerbs, will be listening tonight. Thanks. Have a great rest of your week. Fellas, have an awesome weekend. Appreciate you. Thank you. That's Chris Kerber, Voice of the Blues, here on 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network.